Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode of Whiskey Riff Raff is brought to you by Laurel Cove Music Festival. Located in the mountains of Pineville, Kentucky, Laurel Cove features the best artists Appalachia has to offer, including first-time headliners 49 Winchester and Kentucky's own Cole Chaney. June 9th and 10th, tickets are almost completely sold out, so don't miss your chance to see the most authentic artists from country, folk, roots, and bluegrass at Laurel Cove Amphitheater. For more information on purchasing tickets, go to www.laurelcovemusicfestival.com. Switching gears a little bit from country music, Matt Miller, second time on, uh, big fans, obviously. Uh, Matt, he's a country music fan. We'll get into a couple questions from the fans there. But the draft, obviously, I don't know when this will air, Wes, but roughly two weeks away from when when it goes live. Um, we won't bore people too much with this, but <laughs> we both came from the Midwest. Yeah. I'm weirdly a Vikings fan. Wes is a Bears fan. So we can talk a little Lions and Packers with the A-Rod a- stuff. And um, But overall, we can start with... The number one pick, Mel Kuyper just changed his draft, I think, to have Bryce Young going to the Panthers. One of our uh, awesome employees and full-time writers who set this podcast up, actually, he's a Carolina Panthers fan and diehard. Diehard. Um, <laughs> so, CJ Stroud, it was Bryce Young. It's yeah. You think it's definitely one of those two, or you think some crazy shit could happen? Because I saw the Anthony Richardson kind of – out there for a little bit i put money on it on <laughs> but, right um that's why you guys wanted me on you just want to pound the prop bets to me. <laughs> uh makes sense now uh so i will say like this this industry is wild because we're we're trying to predict what 32 general managers are going to do and they're as human as we are so like they're beholden to change their mind just like i could so i'll say like when the trade happened, when the Carolina Panthers traded up to one, everybody that you talked to in the NFL said, oh, yeah, it's for C.J. Stroud. The only thing is, I don't know how many people knew if it really was for C.J. Stroud or not, but he was the hot name coming off the combine. I will say now, um, I never, ever like to speak in absolutes. I lost $1,000 on a bet a couple of years ago speaking in absolutes. <laughs> I met a fan, which is stupid, and I lost, and I had to give him a grand. Um, so, like, 95% sure it'll be Bryce Young, but – you know, I was a hundred percent sure that Mac Jones would be the number three overall pick. And that's why I'm a thousand dollars poorer now than I was. then. <laughs> so uh, like you learn lessons, you know, like you can, everybody in the world can say it's going to be one thing and you just, they can change their mind. So I've yeah. learned to, to, you know, Hey, 90, 95%. It's like being a weatherman, you know, like, Hey, it's, it's going it to rain. Yeah. It should rain, <laughs> but there's a chance it won't. I, I literally had that in my notes, weatherman and mock drafts. Because I, I was like, yeah. does anybody really go back and go call you out and be like, what yeah. the hell? This yes. is awful. Oh, they do? I mean, okay. Twitter. Like Twitter. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Twitter. And like, I don't know if they still do it. There used to be a website that graded the mock drafts, you know, based on how many picks you got right. 
And I am a hyper competitive person. I hate it about myself. I have three brothers. So I grew up like everything's a competition. So if someone is going to like score things, I want to win. And it's, so it's yeah. a really hard thing to, it, it gets in your mind a little bit of, man, if I get this wrong, even though everything, like all the information could tell me this is going to happen and it doesn't, yeah, you're going to get people chirping a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much with the number one overall pick, but is there any inkling with teams, like maybe in the first round where it's like, you know, they've made it like almost public who they're going to like take, or maybe in the industry it's well-known or is that always kept like pretty close to the vest? Cause the element of like, we don't want to let other teams know what we're trying to do. I don't know if this is true or not, but I was told that the NFL a couple years ago sent a memo around a team saying like, don't tip your picks because it used to be a thing. Right. Like, uh, I don't Can you guys remember? It's like uh, Jadavian Clowney is the one that stands out to yeah, me. It's like, yeah. we knew weeks ahead of time. It used to be like, they would have a contract done with those guys before the rookie wage scale. Right. Like Derek Carr was signed before the draft, you know? So uh, mm-hmm. I do feel like as soon as the NFL realized how big the draft was, something was done to be like, Hey, don't do that anymore. Um, so I think there are times um, like, I don't think I'm telling trade secrets here. There are times where, I'll get like a really weird pick right in a mock draft, like pick 20 in the first round. And mm-hmm. people are like, how the hell did you get that one right? And it's just because someone told me, you know, and it's really, that's <laughs> so much of this business. People think we are you know, like, my job is to evaluate players and, and to tell football fans like, Hey, your team drafted this guy. Here's what he's good at. The other side of the job is to be a, a journalist and to find information mm-hmm. and report the information or sometimes use the information as background so that you get a pick right in your mock drafts and look really smart. But I think to your, like to your question, to get something outside of the top five, like to really nail it, you've probably got someone telling you if if not the exact player, they'll say like, Hey, we'd like to get this position. If it's Mm going to be there. Um, When I worked at Bleacher Report, we would do a live draft show and we wouldn't know who the picks were because they wanted us to like react and stuff. Um, (laughs) And I like, you can get you can get pretty good at predicting like okay this guy's off the board i know that team wanted this player like this position that you know you could kind of like pencil it together a little bit mm-hmm. or puzzle it together a little bit but you know like if you ask me right now who the minnesota vikings are going to draft i have no idea <laughs> yeah yeah I'll get that, to that that's one, where you guys are going yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I will get to it because a name I started seeing a lot was Hooker, and I just saw an NFL mock, NFL.com mock draft, and they had him going to the Ravens, interestingly enough. But Will Levis is a story I just read about. I don't know where exactly. Uh, a few a few different spots posted about some unnamed executive said he's, like, bombing interviews, and he's just, like, an entitled douchebag, basically, was the, like, premise yeah. of it. Paraphrasing. Probably, obviously, but... <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, yeah. That basically what he sound like, the guy did not – Obviously, it can get personal, right? Like these are people, yeah. right? So you sit in a room with him, you walk out, you could be like, "That guy, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with them." That guy, like Kevin O'Connell, for example, with the Vikings, he very quarterback driven, knows mm-hmm. how to. He might just be like, "I don't like, like, I don't like the personality, I don't like the type of dude." Have you heard any of that? Is that true? That you because I say a lot of that level, Colts, yeah, so like, like maybe for him, maybe or the Colts absolutely could. Uh, I think that's one of the the spots where he could work really well. So I haven't heard anything to that level of like, Oh man, he's entitled. Um, so I, I did at the combine, I would intentionally try to go to like the right bar or the right party where GMs and scouts were at. And I, I ran into a GM of a team that needs a quarterback. 
and was like, hey, how did the quarterback interviews go? And he ranked them like Anthony Richardson won. Uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, you know, they're both great. Uh, and then he said, Levis would probably be like fifth. And I was like, what? So like, okay, talk, talk to him. And then you see another guy and you're like, hey, like I heard the quarterback interviews have been interesting. Guy's like, yeah, man, Levis bombed our interview. We don't know what's going on because everything you heard leading up to the combine was, hey, this dude's great. Like He's a leader, super high character, works his ass off. Like this is exactly what you want a quarterback. I think like, so what I've been told, and I didn't sit in any of his interviews, obviously, what I've been told at the combine was that he was just really anxious. Like he wanted to give every answer the right way. And he was, mm-hmm. you know, like tense and tight. And so you have that happen. And then teams are like, well, he kind of plays tense and tight. So is there something to that? You know, is he, is he waiting for everything to be perfect before he throws? And is he going to, is he going to like drive himself into the ground if he has a bad game? And to me, it sounds a lot like Carson Wentz, which maybe it's not, but that's the, the best example I can come up with where when everything was good, Carson was great. But the minute he started to struggle, he's like looking over his shoulder, like, oh man, Jalen Hurts is back there or Nick Foles is back there. And it just, mm-hmm. it, it like, it really ended his career. So I think with Levis, you, you worry about that a little bit of, is he going to be able to rebound if he has a bad game and he's going to, it's going to happen. Um, so how well will he bounce back from that? I'm, I hope that he hears all this. And it puts a gigantic chip on his shoulder. And he's like, you know, I should have been the first pick. Watch me go. Because he is really talented. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Anthony Richardson being on the top of some GM's quarterback list. Do you think he has a realistic chance of of being, uh, you know, maybe they're at two, maybe they're at four? I think four would make more sense. I can't see it at two. I, I can't see Houston rolling with him. Um, not with the way they're, they're structured, but again, like crazy things happen all the time. Um, I think with Anthony, it is, it does get hard to find a landing spot for him. Like we all know how talented he is and the potential that he has. It's easy to see. Like anyone could watch him. You could watch him walk into a room and be like, yeah, that guy's a good athlete. And, and it's obvious. So it could be four to Indianapolis. Uh, definitely. I think Shane Steichen, that fits what Anthony's good at. We saw what Shane did as offensive coordinator in Philly with Jalen Hurts and the development there and the way they, they really created a scheme to help him uh, find, you know, realize all his abilities. So I think four makes sense. Uh, Detroit at six. I don't think Detroit, Seattle at five, Detroit at six. I don't think they will go quarterback that early just because they like Geno and they like Jared Goff and they, both teams were, you know, they were good teams last year. You know, they were on the the cusp of being playoff teams. Um, Detroit was, Seattle was a playoff team. So I see them as these are extra picks. We didn't think we would have, let's get an impact player, but the Raiders at seven are pretty interesting with Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Josh McDaniels famously drafted Tim Tebow in the first round when he was with the Broncos. So like, he's not afraid to go against the grain a little bit and take an athletic yeah. quarterback. And Anthony Richardson is a million times better uh, as a passer than Tim, Tim Tebow. Tebow was. So, I mean, so uh, that's the one I'll be watching. Yeah. I mean, wasn't there like a similarity? Cause a lot of people forget about Josh Allen when he was coming out Lot, there was a lot of like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Like, who, who's this guy? Yeah, right. There was like a little bit of that on the social media world, and then now you look at him, and I kind of the Richardson stuff. People like you go on Twitter, it's just like, oh, they show him like they show the highlights, but then other people are showing kind of the oh, look like oh, his well, accuracy or this or that. And, yeah, um, but the game has changed so much because I I was like, 
going through just a bunch of stuff. And like that Tanner McKee from Stanford was like a statue. And he's like, went to a Vikings yep. visit. Everybody's like, no, on the Reddit channel, <laughs> like, like we don't need a Sean Mannion backup version <laughs> guy. So like they were just, the game has changed a little bit, right? Like whether it's just what you want your offense to be, but when it comes to analytics to switch to baseball quickly, bless his heart. We love him because Theo Epstein brought a championship to the Cubs. He was recently interviewed and he was basically talking about like intellectual intellectualism has gone maybe a little too far now in baseball. It's so driven by the analytics in football. It is a thing too. Quasi with the Vikings, mm-hmm. obviously background and, but you don't hear it as much. So right. are there things that fans don't necessarily know that from an anal- analytics perspective are being looked at for a guy like a quarterback versus an offensive tackle, maybe not as much, but it, is there any insight you have to that whole world? Cause it's pretty damn interesting. Yeah. I think for football right now, teams are using analytics more to narrow down the pool, you know? So like there's 117 FBS schools. So, and then, you know, how many ever others there are out there. So it's like, how do we narrow this down? And, and so it helps that way. Um, I also think we're seeing more things like with the, the intellectualism, you guys have probably heard about it. It's like, everyone's talking about it right now. It's called S2 cognition. And it's a test, you know, used to, we had the wonder lick where it's like, right. a, like, yeah. a, like an aptitude test almost. So this is different because it gauges more like what an athlete would need to use, like um, spatial recognition, reaction time, you know, even instincts a little bit. And players like Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, like they've all done really well in this test. So right now it's that hot new thing of, well, it kind of predicted these guys, or at least it, even if it didn't predict it, it helped us say, like, here's another piece to the puzzle and they're really good at this. And so I think that's where analytics are with football right now of, it'll help break ties or eliminate players more than anything, more than, mm-hmm. you know, it's not quite to the money ball part of, well, this guy can only, he does this one thing really well. So we're going to just ask him to do that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that comes in football where you see, you know, more role players, but I, I think it's so hard with a salary cap and with, you know, a 46 right. man active day roster, like so much gets hard and you, you need people who can do a lot of things. So I, I do think with quarterbacks, especially it's, you know, we've seen things, I think, get more specific, not just like with QBR, but, you know, even evaluating Anthony Richardson, you can look and be like, okay, he's a 54% completion percentage throughout his career. That's really bad. That, that would be the, I think the worst ever drafted in the first round. But I think even the analytics of that is, okay, well, how many drops were there? Uh, how many completable passes did he throw? And you can start to look at those things and say, okay, well, maybe that 54% is not accurate. You know, maybe he's still not, Patrick Mahomes, but maybe the accuracy is better than we thought it was. So I, I think that's where that um, the analytics also for size is probably bit like a, a bigger part of evaluating right now than statistical analytics. It's more like, you know, height, weight, speed. Um, you can look at, you know, tight ends who've been productive in the NFL. There's actually athletic markers that every one of those guys who've had like you know, a thousand yards receiving as a tight end. They've all hit certain athletic markers. So I think that's also a big part of it right now. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen like with some people like uh, the Northwestern tackle, like his arms are too, uh, like maybe a little too short. Like that's like the one knock right. on him. Yeah. And then like a uh, Kalijah can't see, he's like a little undersized, but kind of Aaron Donald mold esque. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think, 
those are the kind of things where people are like, well, he's just even Bryce Young being a little bit short, like yeah, Bryce is a good example. Yeah. Like well, is, it Bryce, is there any is there anybody you would compare Bryce? I actually had that in my notes because it's when I like quickly look at in my yeah. head like around the league. I'm and I've watched him play. Obviously, we all have on that stage yeah. that he's been on. It is a little different, no? Like he's a little different. He's little. <laughs> he's a little yeah. little. Yeah. <laughs> like Drew Brees, is that I, like a guy? Like I, yeah, but Drew was kind of thick. At least yeah. toward the end of his career, you know, Drew was kind of thick. Uh, same with Kyler Murray. Like I would say Kyler, Kyler's yeah. short, but Kyler's thick. I mean, that dude's especially lower body. I mean, he's he's built. I don't know. There's not a body type comp for for Bryce Young. There's, I mean, really, there's truly no one like that. Doug you know, Flutie. who's <laughs> yeah, right, Doug Flutie. I mean, like Ryan Tannehill is one of the more narrow quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Like I. I interviewed Ryan and he'd been in the NFL like five years and I could not believe how just like my shoulders are wider than his and I'm not a big guy at all. I was like, what is going on here? Um, so I think for Bryce play style reminds me of Joe Burrow because he's just so good in the pocket. He's so poised. He's like so fast. It's, you know, realizing what the defense is doing, just like lightning fast processing speed. But, you know, Burrow's, like, not small. Like, Joe Burrow, right. I always said, like, Joe Burrow would be the tallest guy you went to high school with. And he's a small NFL quarterback. So, the fact that Bryce Young is shorter than, I'm assuming, all three of us, like, that's, that's – you should see him stand next to Anthony Richardson. I mean, it looks like <laughs> it looks like Anthony brought his son to work. It's it's wild. That's crazy. Yeah, what does he weigh? Like 180? Is it something like that? He weighed at 204, but there's no oh. way in hell he played at 204 pounds. Wow. And he's I would have loved for them to he? re 5'10 and an eighth. Yeah. So he's he's basically about my size. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, imagine like just put West know, behind center. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Bosa tackling West. Like, how's oh, that man. gonna go? You know, like how many times I just can West my take a hit? Well, that's right. the that's the worry, right? It's it's the it's not necessarily yeah. the the I don't even know they might still do something different, but you would watch the old uh, NFL Network or like the training camp videos, and they would put ladders up for like quarterbacks. Oh yeah, to, like, to get the arm angle like higher Stimulate, above the yeah. yeah. And it's for a you guy like that, things, it's like, like yeah, you can he yeah. can I mean whatever, but it's the beating, right? It's can you that right? It's not the height, it's the the weight yeah. is more the issue. And also, like, I mean, he is incredibly narrow. So, you know, a normal quarterback gets tackled. There's some thickness there to help. And Bryce had, I mean, he hurt his shoulder this year getting tackled. So that's kind of the like, oh man. And it that's the crazy thing. There's really not anything to his game other than his size that you don't feel great about. Well, now so I'm that's... convinced that he's gonna be a Hall of Famer because like all these, <laughs> like, well, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. Yeah. It's like here we, we go. We overthink things <laughs> so much in this business. You know, like Carolina's I mean, I can remember overthinking Mahomes and um thankfully I Bears I like clearly one did. Josh Allen fan. <laughs> oh, oh my god, man, the, the Bears. Bears definitely did. Uh you were talking about that, or maybe I've told you guys this story. So the year it was 2017, December of 2016, and Josh Allen and I were pretty close. He just played his first year at Wyoming, but he was eligible to come out and enter the draft because it had been three years from high school. And I had some good sources say, hey, this kid would be the first quarterback drafted if he comes out. So Josh is asking me, like, hey, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, man, you're going to be drafted very early if you come out. But, you know, it's December. A lot can change between April. So you got to make sure you're solid on everything if you do this. 
And he, I, I, I sure I still have the DM and he's like, I'm going to declare on this day. It was like the day of the deadline. It's like December 17th or whatever, or January 17th. He's like, I'm going to declare for the draft. And then the net, some, the coaches got to him, changed his mind. But I was told like rock solid told the Chicago bears were going to draft him instead of like, and they ended up taking Mitchell Trubisky passed on Patrick Mahomes passed on Deshaun Watson. That's a new story. I don't going to take Josh Allen. <laughs> And like they were ready, they like they would have drafted Josh Allen at number three, or they would have traded up to two if they had to. Uh, but he went back to school. So, Damn it, Josh. but isn't that well, real quick though? Isn't that sometimes the environment though? You can't. It's not a comparison you can always make. The Bears went through a lot of right. like, turmoil. Absolutely. And, so yep. it's he you. How many play, they talk about like in business and like the richest place is the graveyard. Cause that's where all ideas go to die. Like people like have ideas that they don't act on them. They're dead. Like, you know, it's just yeah. gone like that idea, but it's similar with this. It's like, well, eh, what, like, you don't really know you put yep. how many, how many NFL players that didn't succeed is because of like the environment. Right. A lot, a right. lot of them. Yeah. Um, it's it, I've said this before, you know, not to shit on the Cleveland Browns, but at the time, it's like ahead. if Patrick Mahomes had gone to the Cleveland Browns, he would still be good. But we wouldn't be talking about like greatest of all time after five or six years as a starter, you know, yeah. or if Tom Brady doesn't go to the Patriots, if the 49ers draft Tom Brady, like he probably washes out, you know, because he just he wouldn't have had an opportunity. So um, mm. it is you're absolutely right, which is hard, you know, because everybody wants to know as soon as your team drafts a player, you want to know how good is he going to be? It's like, well, man, that situation matters a lot. So sometimes I feel like our information is better after the draft than it is before because we can say like, oh, well, this player going to that situation is perfect for them. They're going to do great. Caleb Williams, not this year, but next year. Sean Payne went viral with that clip before he he took the Broncos job talking about like he's the type of player that's going to trigger potential – lottery system one day because people are how much is that like that seems really confused like so there's all these quarterbacks in the first round potentially this year but then they know that guy is coming yeah and you're like i think that's why i want to right right so you have teams like the atlanta falcons come out like we're good with desmond ritter or the washington commanders like you know we're gonna give sam Sam howell a chance sam howell was a fifth round pick and you're like yeah we're we're rolling with Sam Howell, you know, sure, or, yeah. <laughs> we'll see, let's, I mean, let's see what the I mean, Titans maybe, do. Like, do they, yeah. do they try to get a quarterback? They're at 11. Do they try? I mean, so you are always looking ahead. Like I am teams are, and it's funny how many next week, how many conversations I'll start having like via text about next year, because like the area scouts, fun fact, they don't have a say usually in what happens during the draft. So they've already started to move on, you know, and it'll be, Hey, we'll like come in, you know, to the facility for the draft and watch in a separate room, usually from where the the owner and head coach and GM are. But then, like they're they're ready for next year, so it's mm-hmm. it's crazy how quickly they turn things over. How much does like an owner? Maybe it depends on the on the team, but like, how much does an owner like really have an input? Because I think I just read something this morning that said the coach of I don't even remember the team and the owner were kind of button heads on. Maybe it was Carolina. Um, That's the rumor. Yeah. How how much uh, do you think the, the owner really can push that or Jerry Jones maybe, other that. than Jerry, who seems right. to Jerry's the GM. He can do whatever he yeah. wants. Uh, it yeah. happens, man. It really does. Um, 
you know, you hear horror stories of an owner like mediating, uh, you know, a debate between a GM and a coach and like, okay, well, the owner steps in and says, now we're doing this, you know, and sometimes it's the complete opposite, you know, the owner is the, the reason the Browns got Johnny Manziel allegedly. So I think the owner, I mean, we just saw the commanders just sold for $6 billion. So those guys are walking right. around with, you know, gold lined pockets. So they, I think if they want to get involved, they can smart owners don't, you know, I think the good yeah. owners stay out of it and just facilitate things. They were, if you can buy a football team, you are an incredible businessman or woman. Like you're, you're fantastic. Just do that. Like run the business side yeah, of this yeah. $6 billion <laughs> company. And, you know, like hire the right people to do the job is I, that's the dream scenario, but it doesn't always happen. That was like, cause the bears, the whole thing with that movie to Arlington Heights and out of Chicago. And like, they yeah. brought the guy in, I forgot his name from Kevin Warren. And, yeah. Yeah. And he was with the Vikings too. And like their ownership is very like, let's make the best facilities ever. They kind of stay out of the way. It seems like, and then they got all those mm-hmm. for the, was it the first year this year? They did like the scoring chart for like, yeah, whatever the, in the, yeah, the NFL PA rankings. So I'm like, that's gotta help. Crazy. That's gotta help my team with like free agents. Right. They see that and they go, Oh yeah, this is nice. The food is good and everything's good. It's like, yeah. Uh, but real quick on the GM or owner, I guess it was a GM. Wasn't it last year's draft? Cause they have the, the cameras right in the, in the war in the rooms. rooms. When the Titans, <laughs> yeah. when the Titans traded, it was like Vrabel's right? reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. those moments, it's like you don't even involve the coach when you're trading it. And, they had no receivers. They were dying mm-hmm. for a receiver, and they're still dying for a receiver. It's like seems a little bizarre, right? Right. And that GM got fired midseason. <laughs> yeah. It's also like, how much did that play into it? You know, like, oh, that guy's gone now. You know, like that. That probably didn't help the situation out a whole lot. And especially when you come out and your team's not playing well, you were just the number one seed in the AFC. Season starts, you're terrible, and the guy you traded you're like watching him dominate in Philadelphia. So that has to factor in. And I think that's where we see power struggles. I'm not, not saying this happened in Tennessee, but I think that's where it's easy for a guy like Mike Vrabel, who's one of the best coaches in the NFL to go to ownership and be like, Hey, I want to remind you, I didn't want that to happen. And now look, like look at the fallout. The rookie we drafted with that pick is like, not, not where we needed him to be. And the guy we traded is one of the best receivers in the NFL right now. So I think that's where you could, you know, you could start to see, oh, okay, that's why these teams don't get along. Yeah. Changing changing gears a little bit, Jalen Carter has kind of been the uh, talk of the draft in the sense of possibly, uh, you know, a, a high pick, maybe arguably the most, like, electric prospect coming out and off the field issues, shows up to the combine, overweight, doesn't really perform well where do you think he kind of ends up falling to like, what's his like absolute kind of bottom floor as far as like where he's going to go. Yeah. I picked nine. <laughs> so the crazy Damn. thing is like, we could, <laughs> I mean, we could, we could run through like a laundry list of like, yeah, there's, you know, uh, Todd McShay reported it in like January, maybe of eight. There's some, there's gonna be some questions off the field. Yeah. And then, you know, everything comes out about the accident after that fact. So it's like, Oh, there's more than we, than we even thought. Um, and yeah, you, I mean, the pro day was awful, but he was the most talented player on that Georgia defense for two years. And, you know, they had five first round picks on defense last year and he was the best player. He just wasn't draft eligible yet. So talent, you know, kind of matters everything. And I think 
a lot of NFL teams feel like, well, we have a better structure. You know, he's not going to be going to class. We don't have a 20 hour rule. Like we're going to bring him in and we're going to, we will be his life. You know, (laughs) I mean, I mean, the Cowboys used to employ babysitters. Uh, I mean, they would sign a guy or draft guy and be like, okay, and here is your Your companion. He will be living with you and riding with you everywhere. Jalen Carter is not to that degree, but you know, I, I do think there's a belief that you can grow guys up, you know, it's okay. You're a professional. Now you're going to basically live at the facility anyway. Um, so let's just put the right structure around you so that, you know, we can help you realize your potential. Yeah. And do you think just all the other stuff going on was the reason maybe the, the pro day? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. That was kind of the, you just was gassed, right? Right. Um, I, I text someone who was there at the workout and they're like, man, this guy's had so much going on in his personal life. He's grieving the loss of two friends now he's being told he's, you know, part of it responsible or whether he was or wasn't like the fact that that, you know, that they filed charges 30 minutes before he was set to speak at the combine was Bush league. You know, he's got to leave the combine and deal with that. It's like, I imagine the stress of that on top of the grief, like, you know, okay, you had a bad pro day. It's kind of understandable. Yeah. Do you think, do you think a team above nine will take him? Very, very likely I do. Like, he's just so good. I mean, honestly, it's it's hard to, again, pinpoint. So much will depend on what happens at the first and second picks. But, you know, um, Seattle at five makes a ton of sense for him. You know, it's a need. They've got a great locker room. They've got a ton of structure. Um, definitely think the Bears would love to have him. So pick nine. I, I guess if 10 to Philly would be the only other. He's not getting past 10. I I would feel very comfortable uh, placing a bet. If I lived in a state where you could bet, I would feel very comfortable saying <laughs> that he won't get past 10. Well, speak, speaking of states that can bet, I'm in Colorado and the Broncos. <laughs> most 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 recently, uh, I don't know if you saw Big Cat Barstool got a – they do the the team photo of the the coaches, right? <laughs> they just had the thing. Yeah. Sean Payne went viral for his bulge. Um I did not see that. I missed that. <laughs> that was like all over Twitter. Um, there's like what that's why he's smiling, um, comments and stuff. But Sean Payton's back in the league. Right. Obviously, we mentioned him earlier with the Caleb Williams stuff, but now he's got Russell Wilson. Living here now, it's different. Like I went from the Midwest where I was getting Bears games and NFC North and all that. Now I get the Broncos. Um, and it was just I've never seen anything so horrendous in my life, probably in, in all my years of a sports or an NFL yeah. fan, which just goes back to when I was a kid in the nineties. So it's like, do you think he's going to turn that around? Do you think he's going to turn Russell Wilson around? Do you th- like, you got to assume it's going to be a lot better. Cause he already said like yeah. Russell Wilson's like his like weirdos that are like in the facility, not happening, opening mm-hmm. press conference. So I'm like, I like that. Yeah. Closing down Russ's office, which was the weirdest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> he um, told players supposedly, I don't know if, if you, heard but like i yeah follow some of the guys on twitter here and then supposedly like player like like fellow players were like hey you want to like talk to your quarterback whatever about something he's like here's my office here's like the elevator <laughs> that's so weird man that's so bizarre <laughs> I've never heard of it office hours like ever <laughs> um so hopefully i i think sean will turn it around he's just too good to not um i don't know if if you could turn Russ around at this point, I hope so. Cause like, 
what a tragic story that has been, you know, to go from never having a losing season, never missing the playoffs. And then you get traded, you like force your way out. You go to, you're like them or me. And they say, okay, see ya. And you go to Denver and it just completely falls apart. So um, I think Russ is corny and he's a little much at times, but you know, I, the dude's a hall of famer. Like I don't want to see his career in that way. Corny's an understatement. Yeah. It's, some of that. Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. It's so the subways, bad. And the Melvin Gordon screenshot everybody took when he's staring him at the bench before he got released. And it just, it doesn't <laughs> resonate. I, I mean, I even heard stories on the radio here when people were kind of like finally turning, they're like, this has been a disaster. They were, they had guys from Seattle on all the time. And they were like, towards the end of his tenure in Seattle, there's like the Saturday night meeting or whatever Saturday meeting you might have before a Sunday game. And that like visibly laughing other players when he was talking, like visibly yeah. like laughing at him. You're like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like Kirk cousins is a nerd, but every guy in the Vikings is like, oh, I'll die for that guy. He's tough. <laughs> like I like him. He's wearing chains on the plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's it's, a it's, difference it's, between being like likably nerdy and yeah, exactly. Just be authentic. Yeah. And you know, like there are guys in the NFL who are at quarterback who are very different, you know, whether it be politically or just, you know, uh, like Andrew Luck didn't curse. It didn't matter. His teammates loved him, you know? So it's like, there are guys that can have their peculiarities and it's fine, but yeah, Russ, I mean, for me, I think the big thing was when a, when the linemen like weren't helping him after a sack yeah. and the backup quarterback like goes at the offensive lineman and they're like, you know, screaming at each other on the sidelines. Like Jake like, Culler. Was the- like, there was talk about, like, back in the day, Jake Culler's stuff, like, you was just – the line kind of sometimes wouldn't be helping him. You're just like, eh, you start connecting some dots, right, about yeah. a teammate in general, right? And if your job is to protect that guy, then uh, – speaking of quarterbacks, though, real quick, uh, the Aaron Rodgers trade, is it, do you think it's accurate? Some of the news today was – second round pick and then next year's first round pick seems like that is yeah that's what i had heard but it's like they the packers basically want an assurance that if he plays next year they get something for that as well okay it's like you know it's like okay if 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 it's just for this year cool second round pick you can have him but if it's gonna be uh you know two years they just want a little bit more i feel like you know getting burned on the whole brett Favre situation that was just like this situation yeah. um 20 years ago is kind of crazy so I, I do think they just want to they want to cover their asses a little bit and make sure if this guy goes and you know wins the super bowl at least we have a first round pick to make up for it and like you mentioned caleb williams like we don't know how good jordan love's gonna be so yeah, you would really that. like to have two first round picks next year whether it's Drake May at North Carolina, you know, like next quarterback class looks really good as well. So, and, and like Caleb Williams is a, not a generational prospect, but he's like a once a decade prospect. So if you're not sold on Jordan Love, you're like, Hey, like look, best case scenario, you're like Philly where you've just got two first round picks and a really good young quarterback. Uh, but worst case scenario, you've got the two first round picks that you can go replace, you know, the hall of famer that pushed his way out again. Yeah. What's your uh, kind of temperature on Jordan Love? Any idea whatsoever? Or? I know that everyone there is like cautiously optimistic, but they're really trying to like temper expectations. You know, they're not like, oh my God, we're going to be fine. You know, like we're good. Uh, I think instead it's more of what do we have to put around him, you know, so that he can be mm-hmm. successful. 
Um, that game he came in last year and played played pretty well. I think that opened a lot of eyes of okay, like it's farther along than we thought. But when he was coming out of Utah State, I had a first round grade on him, like a late first. But I thought, hey, like this this dude could start. He needs some time. You know, he was he's one of those guys, kind of like Will Levis. Actually, he only threw fastballs. Like there was no touch. It was all gas all Just the time. Slinging. He's like a <laughs> Right. It's just like a closer. It's like, I'm going to throw 104, but that's all, you know, and it's really good, but that's all I can do. So I think he's obviously had two years to try to figure things out, but on the flip side, like they have to make a decision very quickly about his future as well. You know, he's got a fifth year option decision coming up and, you know, eventually a, a new contract. Do you think the Packers will take a wide receiver then in the first round? Oh man, I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so. Just for the absolute chaos I hope so. And then I hope Rogers is on the Pat McAfee show the following Tuesday, just so we can hear about it. You know, like I don't need the 45 minute, like, you know, rant about the darkness and being jaded and all this stuff. But um, I would absolutely love that. That brings me to another quarterback. My, my Vikings question, because I've seen it everywhere. <laughs> I was waiting. Hennon hooker. All of a sudden, now is in a bunch of mock drafts is going to the Vikings. I just saw the one I mentioned earlier, I think, um, with the Ravens maybe taking on NFL.com. And then he's yeah. old. He's gonna he's recovering from yeah. an ACL. The Vikings, interestingly enough, though, apparently Kirk Cousins' team offered a discount to the Vikings for a contract extension. They were like, no thanks. So it's like, I think they're pretty dead set on moving on after moving this year. On. Yeah. So do you think Hooker makes sense? Like, does he seem like the guy for Kevin O'Connell to like take, or is it, is there some other. I think that's the way you got to go. Yeah. Like it's, it's that or try to trade up, which I will tell you, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that they have, you know, been like trying to like pre-set up that call of, Hey, like we might be interested depending on who's there, you know, give us a call before you trade your pick basically. So I don't think it's out of the question that the Vikings would try to trade up and, dream scenario you trade up and get anthony richardson he sits behind kirk cousins for a year and then you just like you know kill people in 2024 but um i think hendon i like hendon a lot i really do you mentioned you know two good points he's 25 coming off an acl injury which those aren't like that big of a deal anymore especially for a quarterback mm-hmm. i think the bigger thing is he's coming from a scheme that doesn't translate to the nfl very well so it's it's not so much like, oh, he can't do that. He can't do this. It's we've just never seen him do it. You know, he's not made a lot of post-snap reads. Everything's kind of set up for him pre-snap because the scheme is great. He had a fantastic quote at the combine. Someone asked about, like, oh, your receivers were so good. And he's like, it's not my fault. No one could cover my receivers. <laughs> like, that is <laughs> such a good line for a quarterback to drop. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, my guys are good. But, you know, he still had to get the ball there. So, Mm-hmm. I if I if if I'm the Vikings and you see the way the board's falling, it's like right, we we're not gonna get one of the big four. Hendon Hooker's the next guy. I would try to trade back a little bit, try to get some extra picks and maybe get him closer to like pick 29, 30, 31, instead of all right, we gotta grab yeah. him here at 22 or 22 or 23, wherever they are. Yeah. If they don't go yeah. qu- quarterback, do you think they go cornerback? That makes the most sense. Like Deontay Banks from Maryland. Emmanuel mm-hmm. Forbes from Mississippi State. Uh, it would love for Joey Porter Jr. to be there. I just don't think he will be. Um, that I think those are like the two clearly identified needs. It's really it's a pretty good roster. I mean, they won a ton of games last year. Obviously, you know it's it's not a bad team where you're you're thinking like okay, total rebuild. They're not the Arizona Cardinals, 
So it's, you know, you've got two good offensive tackles. You've got a stud wide receiver. So I, I think, you know, yeah, you could say corner. That's the one spot that's kind of been a blind spot for them. And obviously the yeah. previous regime, you know, they, they tried, were just, yeah. it was like, hey, oh, you're a short corner with a character problem. Like, yeah, we'll take you. And it just, it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Mike Zimmer and his defensive picks. Oh, man. Yeah. With Trey, Trey Wayne. Is it Trey Wayne? Trey Wayne. One of them. And he's like, Andrew he's not does like a, a hunting show, a hunting show or something. <laughs> like, Trey Wayne's does a hunting show. That's fantastic. I'm pretty sure he does like, hold on. Like, I'm pretty sure I just <laughs> saw something. Um, but I, the Joey Porter thing is funny because I go on Reddit to look at some of the team's, uh, you know, comments on whatever. And everybody in Pittsburgh wants Joey Porter to junior to oh, obviously go to Pittsburgh. And then I just saw like a bunch of mock shots with like, he goes right before Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. But, the Steelers I mean, he's always stud, right? seem to get that guy, though. You know, like everyone yeah. wanted them to get Najee Harris because Franco yeah. Harris, even though they're not related, they got him. And then James Conner before that. It was like, do you remember the videos? Like, oh, he just has to walk next door to, you know, go from yeah. pit to pit. And then they get Kenny Pickett. So they somehow always get the, that guy that makes sense for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Trey, real quick, Trey Wayne swaps fields, runs hunting outfitter now. Like he's doing something <laughs> with, with hunting. Nice. Good for him. I'm gonna have to look that up. I feel like uh, a lot of people in Chicago here kind of want that offensive tackle from Northwestern Park Ridge guy, local. Yeah, tough, big big Polish guy. Right. Yeah, it makes it checks a lot of boxes. You know, for you guys, I did a I did a a podcast in Ireland this morning. I, I mean, I'm in Missouri, but it was the podcast was from Ireland, and that's what they were like. They were all Bear fans. They all wanted Skaronski, and it's like <laughs> this is so awesome. Like it's it's exactly what I expected this podcast to be like. So no, I mean he's a fit, and that's where he should go. You know, he should go around nine to thirteen, probably. Um, if you watch the game when they played in Dublin, when they played Nebraska, I mean, he was far and away the best player on the field. He just absolutely mauled people. So that would be, that would be a good fit. Kind of like the Pittsburgh Joey Porter one, you know, sometimes you see it and you're like, God, that just makes too much sense. Yeah. Is that what you think the bears will end up doing? Unless Jalen Carter are, falls to nine. I think Jalen Carter is like the dream scenario. I don't know if they, dislike their offensive line as much as people on the internet say they do. I yeah. thought Braxton Jones played really well for a fifth round pick last year. Um, I don't know if you saw, I did a thing where like I compared him and Orlando Brown jr. Who just got paid like $20 million a year. Yeah. Braxton Jones is actually better. Like he graded out better. So it's, you know, there's, I think there's something to build on there, but you know, we're not in the building every day. They could actually be like, Hey, this kid's not any good. Yeah. We just got lucky because Justin Fields is so athletic. Moved around. And we want to upgrade. <laughs> You know, so um, offensive line is a very, very popular pick for them. I think they need defense really badly uh, as well. So even if it's not Jalen Carter, you know, if someone like uh, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, the pass rusher, if he's there, I think he would be a good fit too. Yeah, I liked him a lot. He's big. He's kind of that Julius Peppers model in a sense where he's like 6'7", quick off the line. Super long arms, really powerful. Yeah, he's a good player. A couple last quick ones. Bijan Robinson and going back to analytics a little bit back in the day, like when you saw guys like Adrian Peterson coming out or I was like, Oh my God, obviously that's a number one pick or top three or whatever. Yeah. And it, the game has changed. And for whatever reason, it's, you saw the Eagles, you saw a seventh round picking Isaiah with the chiefs and 
they're making it work with these guys, these like shifty running backs that are just, you know, like, and in baseball, it doesn't really work like bullpen bike or a closer by committee, like never really seemed to work in baseball, but it's like the NFL seems to work with the, the running backs. Um, and a guy like this, a lot of people are saying that he's like top five talent, maybe even higher. Yeah. But then I see mock drafts having him going to the lions at 20 or whatever. So what do you think on him? I mean, he just looks like an absolute monster. Like he's going to plug in and just do it. But yeah, he's probably the cleanest prospect in the whole draft. When you look at like on field, off field, I mean, he is, to me, he's the only guy in this draft that in three years, you could say he's the best at his position. Maybe Jalen Carter, if Aaron Donald retires, but you know, (laughs) like he should be the best running back in the NFL. He's that talented. And as well as like nothing negative anywhere, like no injury history, no off field history. He's just clean, but he's a running back. So he's very hard to project it. Like, 10 is probably the earliest to Philly. And then it's just anyone's guess. I think it will take a team saying, hey, he's so talented, we're going to draft him. Like, we don't even have a need at running back necessarily. Or we're just going to draft him because he's he's going to be the best running back in, in the league. So that's what makes him a hard player to, to, to figure out, you know, like who yeah. could take him because he's – I mean, he'll be better than a lot of starting running backs, like, immediately. It's just a matter of do you want to – do you want to spend a first round pick on a get on replacing your running back? That's what makes it tough. And that's just because of the off, like just the evolution of offenses, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just and, continuously, the vision is becoming easier for them, right? Like the, the, the types of the runs, games more like, spread out, yeah. you know, so it's a little bit easier. And also, you know, like it's a passing league. You know? I mean, I can remember. Yeah. Longevity is a big part of it. I remember talking to someone at Buffalo and I was like, you guys should draft a running back. They're like, why would we want to take the ball out of Josh Allen's hand? like damn that's actually a really good point and i had not thought of it that way they're like we we have you know this quarterback that's unstoppable like we we're fine running the ball 15 times a game we're not going to spend for that we'll find a guy and it it really kind of opens your eyes to some of that the belief process there's other teams that say like hey our quarterback is not josh allen he needs he needs help and a great way to help him is a run game so um yeah i mean longevity salary you know, a, a top 10 pick is going to make six, seven million dollars a year. That's that's more than some teams want to pay the running back room, period, right now. So it, yeah. the economics of it get messy, too. And it's a copycat league, right? Where people are, they yeah. see what yeah. other teams are doing and they Who's go, well, Dalvin uh, Cook like, is an example you you're hearing about. Like, yeah, uh, do we want to You mentioned Kansas guy? City. Kansas City drafted a running back in the first round and they replaced him with a guy they drafted in the seventh round. So it's like you see things like that happen, and it's like, well, this team tried the first round running back thing, and it didn't work. Right. And that seventh rounder who's making like seven hundred fifty grand a year is their starter now. So I think that definitely plays into it. Yeah. You're a Chiefs guy. What do you uh, want to see them do? So th- I'm, I'm actually that is a myth. I'm not a Chiefs guy. You're not a lot a of people Chiefs think that. I know. I'm a I'm a 49ers fan. But, oh, okay. Uh, which is I, either one. Yeah, so they don't have any picks. So, um, so my wife, kids, brothers, friends, I'm surrounded by chiefs fans. So I think that's why people are like, Oh, you're a chiefs fan. Cause I go to you chiefs games with my family, <laughs> live in Missouri. Right. <laughs> I, man, I grew up at a time where the chiefs were awful and the 49ers were like, they were a dynasty. So when I would turn football on, on Sunday, it was the 49ers and the Cowboys were playing. They're like, well, I don't want to like the Cowboys, you know, everybody, yeah. they just, I don't know. I just never could like the Cowboys. So, um, no, I mean, 
I get the Chiefs question a lot. I, I think they need to get a wide receiver. You know, they last didn't have a receiver catch over a thousand yards last year, other than their tight end, who's fantastic, but he's also 34 years old. So I think you have to start thinking about what does this offense look like when it's not Mahomes to Kelsey over and over again. You know, there's so many times where either late in a game or on third and long, it's like, you know, that Pat's going to find Travis and it's, he's got to, who's that next guy going to be? Because at some point Kelsey's going to slow down. I mean, 34 for a tight end is pretty old already. Yeah. So I, I think it would be smart to start looking ahead there. Last thing I had, cause the news came out this week. Um, Odell Beckham, the Lamar Jackson stuff. He obviously went to the or, or Odell goes to the, the Ravens, do you what do you think is going to happen there with Lamar? Because <laughs> I've seen rumors about him going getting traded before the draft to all yeah. teams we've even mentioned, and um, just in general that whole thing with the Ravens. It doesn't seem pretty uh, on his. It doesn't, team. right? I can't imagine. It's hard for me to imagine Lamar and the Ravens working that out. It just seems like there's so much bad blood and. I'm not one of those people that's like pro agent, like every player needs an agent. I mean, I don't know that you really do, but for situations like this to have an intermediary would be so helpful for them instead of, you know, Lamar saying, Hey, I want this. And they have to directly say to him, no, Uh, I think that that makes that relationship really difficult for Odell. I think a lot of people wanted to read into it and they might be right, but they, I think a lot of folks automatically said, okay, if Odell's going to Baltimore, Lamar's coming back. Mm-hmm. Odell got $16 million. I don't know if he cares who's throwing him the ball, you know, like he, he's, <laughs> they're going to get a quarterback in there. Right. Yeah. And 16 million when you haven't played really in like three years, right. Um, is a lot of money, especially is he 31? I think so. Ty- Tyler a lot of money for a wide receiver, ball, right? <laughs> pro bowler, pro bowl quarterback. Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Huntley. So, okay. uh, maybe, maybe, or, you know, maybe they trade Lamar to Indianapolis and they draft Will Levis at four. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of lot of different ways that could go. We got a couple of quick fan questions. Uh, who's one of your most underrated players in the draft right now? Oh my God, that's such a I I love that question, but it's so open ended. I'm gonna go uh, Trey Palmer, the wide receiver from Nebraska. He is the oh, I like him. You, you know, every year there's like a, a late round two, early round three receiver that just blows up. It was George Pickens last year. Uh, Trey Palmer would be my pick this year. He, w- he would look good on the other side of Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, he's a deep threat, like 4-3 speed. Yeah, yeah, that'd work. And then uh, we had another one. What's the better environment? Arrowhead on a Sunday or a Turnpike Troubadour? Well, that's a Chiefs question. But. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, <laughs> he goes there a I lot. Go enough, I go to enough. Oh, man. That's tough. So I did – you guys know I did Turnpike at Red Rocks. Yeah. Right. I'm going to take Turnpike at Red Rocks. Yeah. It's hard also to Also because right? it's the – exactly. <laughs> and it was like the I'll probably never do this again, you know. Uh, so that was like a – I, I'm not an emotional person. And they like come out on stage and I leaned over to my wife and was like, I might cry. You know, it's like they only played like they had played like at Canes, you know, and then like yeah. it was like their warm up. And then the next show was Red Rocks. And we were there the first night and it was like, you know, some buddies got us VIP tickets. So we're like down sitting with the families and stuff. And I'm just like, it was also one of those moments where you just kind of like when cool things happen that you as a kid could have never imagined like that your life is at that point. So it was, it was a pretty cool emotional moment. Uh, Isabel at the Ryman is, uh, is better than Arrowhead too, though. That's, 
Like that's a chills all over your body experience. Do you have uh, anything else coming up on the calendar concert wise? Like who are you seeing this year? Um, who are we going to see? Oh, I got roped into a lot of like the last few years I've made everyone go to concerts. So now it's like payback. So you guys are going to love this. So my daughter wanted Taylor Swift <laughs> tickets. So we're going to Taylor Swift at Arrowhead. My wife wanted Hozier tickets. So we're doing Hozier in like Oklahoma city. And then my nine-year-old son is obsessed with Metallica. So we're doing a Metallica concert. I mean, that's so a nice, I, it's a nice spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Right. But like, yeah, I don't get to, we're going to try to hit Isbel. He's playing in uh, Fayetteville in June. Going to try to sneak that one in. But I, the last few years I've drugged them all over the country seeing whether we were going to like, you know, under the big sky, at, you know, a glacier or yeah. going to Denver for turnpike. So I owe them a summer getting to pick the concerts. That's a nice little lineup, though. Yeah, me and Steve. Hopefully, did, uh, they don't listen to this, you know, because they're going to be like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> let's go to more concerts." Me and Steve did a uh, Taylor Swift at Soldier Field a couple years ago. It wasn't bad. Our wives brought us, but oh, I mean, yeah, I'm our wives were about that one, man. It's a Way show. Into it, and I'm like, at one point, Wes and I looked at each other like in the can, and we're just like completely blind and we're just looking at each other we're like this is not bad <laughs> this is pretty good <laughs> and somehow my somehow my wife got us these like this is a mistake and i think it's the only reason they knew i would go they're these like all you can drink seats Ooh, and it's like oh, an hour man. before the concert plus oh, so you're after. lit before so it even... i'm just like yeah this sounds fantastic it's all you can yeah. eat all you can drink taylor swift seats so i'm gonna be a, a handful that day it's gonna be great that sounds fantastic i love it well, Matt, cool. Uh, always awesome. We'll be following your updates leading up to the draft, and uh, hopefully we can catch up. I know you're you're a beer guy, right? You like the nice beers, yeah. Beer, so we'll bourbon, yeah, yeah. Same here. So we'll have to hang out in person and, and grab a bourbon. But uh, thank you for uh, the draft stuff. Hopefully our teams do well. So <laughs> yeah, I'll be uh, I'll do what I can to steer things your guys' way. Uh, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah, tell the exact huge fan. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a huge fan of what you guys do. Uh, it's your Instagram is always like the top of my stories thing. Yes. So, um, so I love it. And you guys get me through when I need a break from talking about football. The, that's usually the first thing and I do. Usually, and then for us, it's the opposite. The it's opposite. Like what, yeah, I, I don't want to pay attention to music. I need to pay attention to football. So we pay attention. It works so. out. It works yeah. out really well. <laughs>